Welcome, Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Grow their business. Grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best-selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Mary Welp. Mary is a craniosacral and hypnotherapist and has been in private practice doing bodywork and hypnosis for 20 years. She has worked with a nonprofit involving returning soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as served on the board of Link Up, offering assistance to those who have dealt with clergy abuse and related trauma. She is the author of the new book, Rise Hypnotic Meditation, A Lifelong Skill for Meaningful Change in Four Easy Steps. Mary, welcome to the Author Factor podcast. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm really happy to be here and happy to share my book. Yeah, and I'm definitely interested in learning more about your, you know, what you do and how you teach others to do meditation and self-hypnosis. And, and I wanted to leave your introduction sort of intact because it's, it's, it's a very powerful introduction with all the people you've helped and all that you've done. So thank you. Thank you. So let's jump in, Mary. Um, if you don't mind, please share a bit more about, you know, your current business, who you serve and how you serve them. Sure. Well, I was doing, as you said, body work and hypnosis, and it was me in my dark little office, one-on-one with people for 20 years. And when the pandemic happened, my office closed and I sat home and thought about how I could still help. I still have a lot to offer. And this was a way I felt I could reach more people than one-on-one by helping people um, go inward quiet themselves, and then shift something. We all get stuck from time to time. We all have habits, fears, and imprints that we'd like to shift and like to, you know, have a happier, better life. And so this is a practice and a tool for that. And and Mary, most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, business owners. So I assume, uh, you know, all of them can uh, use what we're going to discuss here, but also it's it's for everybody, correct? What you do and how you help people is for everybody, correct? Yeah, it is for everybody because what we're doing is delving into the subconscious and changing some old programming that doesn't serve us anymore. So sometimes it's getting rid of an old habit or an imprint, but also just as many times it's also bolstering something. You know, maybe you're an athlete and you want a better time um, running as in your marathons or there's something you'd like a little more confidence when you're giving that speech in front of hundreds of people at your corporate gathering. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways you can use this. All right. Well, let's jump in and let's talk about Rise Hypnotic Meditation. As I was mentioning to you earlier, I, I love your subtitle, A Lifelong Skill for Meaningful Change in Four Easy Steps. So it makes it feel like it's doable. It makes it feel easy. So nice job there. So tell me a bit more about why you decided to write this book. I know it came out this year and who it's for. And if you don't mind, Mary, I'd love to hear you know, a, a bit more of, of the four steps so that our listeners can get an idea of exactly what it is you, uh, you're teaching. In the sure, process. sure. Well, um, when I really honed in on this practice, again, probably in early 2021, I got some of my friends together and they helped me really hone it into a practice. I started teaching workshops, but we were still in the middle of a pandemic. So, 
people would sign up for the workshop. They would get sick. Someone in their family would get sick. It would have to be canceled. So that's when I decided to write the book. I, I thought this is a way I can really push this tool out into the world in a quicker way, a more, a, you know, another way to attract people towards the practice. And the practice is marrying self-hypnosis and meditation. So you get the benefits of meditation. You get the, you know, having more empathy. You know, you can improve blood pressure and your cholesterol and a lot of physical functions that live in the subconscious. You can change habit. You can change imprint, as, we, as we've talked about. And the four steps are actually the four steps of self-hypnosis. So the first step R stands for relax. So you want to do a progressive body relaxation and breathe and go inward. When I first learned meditation or tried to meditate myself, I had this false idea that you want to go out of body and you want to go up into the ethos somewhere and your answers are up there and you bring it back down. And what body work taught me is that really our programming is in our cells, it's in our tissue, it's in our DNA, it's in what we inherited from our ancestors and from the genetics that we have. It's, it's more physical than it is out in the heavens. So relax is really going inward and relaxing yourself so that you can drop that layer between the conscious and the subconscious mind and go inward. So when you really relax yourself, then you do the I stage, which is imagine. You want to imagine a beautiful, safe place to do your work. So I always use somewhere out in nature because I love nature, the beach or the woods. Um, it can really, I can really bring my senses alive in those places. But what I found with many of my clients is I will start guiding them through a meditation to go to the ocean and they'll end up in their grandmother's attic or in a bedroom they had as a child, or somewhere that they felt safe in their past, which is just perfect. So wherever you go is right, and you wanna really bring your senses alive. What are all the colors, the textures? If you go to the beach, you know, when you wiggle your toes down in the sand, it gets cooler as you get lower into the sand. You really wanna bring all the details alive because that's how we learn is through our senses. Then the S stage is suggest, and this is where you do your work, where you are offering your subconscious a suggestion of how to do it differently. So there's quite a few different ways you can do that. I talk about them all in the book and in the workshops, and they're also on the website, but there's, um, you can visualize your issue as an object. So if you're dealing with anger, possibly imagine it as a red hot ball of flame and put it in the water, put it in the ocean and see it turn blue and watch it sizzle, the steam come up and that morph into a, a more productive energy. There's also affirmation. Sometimes we don't have our friends around to tell us what we need to hear. We need to affirm it in ourselves that we are doing the best we can with what we have in the moment and give ourselves a break. And there's also the contingent suggestion, which is if I used to behave this way before, when I would get triggered or when this certain circumstance would happen, how am I gonna do it differently now? And there's a few others, I won't go into too much detail with S, but that's a very important step because that's where you're actually shifting the energy. And then E stands for empower. So if you've changed this energy, if you're no longer gonna be as reactive, you're gonna be more patient, you're gonna be more calm when you get triggered, how are people gonna treat you differently? How are you gonna be different? How, how is the world going to test you and how are you going to pass those tests when you get tested on that? 
So really embodying and bolstering what you get positive out of this practice is what empower is about. I also encourage people to stand or envision themselves standing in a superhero pose. You know, Harvard and Columbia University both did studies that if you stand in that superhero pose with your fists on your hips, your legs in the A-frame, your crown very tall up towards the heavens, that you actually have a chemical physical change in the body. Your cortisol, which is the stress hormone, lowers by 25%, and your testosterone or the strength hormone increases by 8%. So even by embodying and feeling that feeling of strength gives you strength. So by doing these four steps, and actually when you practice them, you can go through them rather quickly. Um, and I use this practice every day at the end of the day to reprogram, kind of go through the hard drive, whatever I did well, kind of, okay, good job, let's do some more of that. And what didn't go wrong, maybe I hurt someone's feelings or I said something incorrectly or I goofed up, you know, giving myself a break and saying, okay, I'm going to say I'm sorry, and then I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to clean the slate of that. Because I think a lot of times we let things mound up, you know, to where, okay, I, I made a mistake with this person. Now this person hates me. And then we treat that person like they hate us for the rest of time, you know, and then that develops all of its own problems and complications. So I think it's a really great tool and practice to, um, again, kind of reframe the day and keep ourselves going in a positive framework. But I've also used it before as an emergency. I was in a fender bender and was waiting for the police and the gentleman who hit me was blaming me and yelling at me and there was really nothing I could do about it but sit there and calm myself. And I used RISE to do that. I've also used it in the bathroom of restaurants before where I got triggered Somebody said something, the restaurant didn't need to hear me blow up, didn't need to defend myself and, you know, be argumentative. So I went to the restroom and I did my rise and I kind of got myself back together and I dealt with the situation later on in a more productive way. So I think this is a tool. I think the world needs tools now. We need things we can do by ourselves. Our helpers and our friends are harder to get to. So um, we need to start doing some of these things again for ourselves and um, knowing that we can handle situations because we have a good tool. You know, I love what you shared, Mary, because I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, and it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, this is a skill, you say a tool, a skill that, I get, I'm going to ask you a couple loaded questions. One, is there anybody that shouldn't be doing this or really trying to benefit from this, you know? self-hypnosis, meditation, and can you imagine if more people, myself included, were doing this sort of just self, I don't even know what the right word is, preservation or just- Regulation. Regu what, you know, and imagine what this world could be yeah. because, yeah, we all see what's going on. So is it, gosh, I got so many questions. I'm not even sure we're going to talk about the book per se, but is it a skill that, A, anybody could do and learn, and is it something that you're sort of one and done, or is it a lifelong thing? Just a little more insight. If you don't mind. Uh, no, it's a lifelong thing. Anybody can do it. You can't do harm with it. Um, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You can't shift something unless you're willing to. Even people that get up on stage and squawk like a chicken or eat an onion or whatever, they know they're on the stage and they know they're performing. They are part of the act. 
It is not, you are in control. If you are in a hypnotherapist's office and you are deep in trance, if there were to be a fire or something were to happen, you can get up and walk out. Or if they were to say something that you disagreed with, you can get up and walk out. So anyone can do this practice. It is a practice though, you have to practice. Um, I know when I started my, my yoga practice, my down dog looked really, really horrible, but it's pretty good now, you know? So it, it's, it's having that vigilance and wanting it enough that you practice it and you make it a part of your life. And then you can do it very quickly. You can get into that state. You can breathe yourself calm really quickly. You can, you can um, think of that pleasant, beautiful place where you feel peace and you can shift that energy that's coming at you that is harmful or you don't need in the moment and you can reflect it. And, and that's, I think, an important tool now because we're also absorbing a lot of other people's anger and frustration um, because the world's turning into a different place. So there's a lot of people acting out. So Mary, one more question and then we'll get back to the book. Is this something that it's going to take me a while to figure out? If, I, you know, if I'm listening to this and I, I'm resonating with what you're suggesting, is it going to take me a while? And how do, how do you encourage your clients and students not to give up too soon? Because I know I tried meditation at the encouragement of others just to calm down and start my, starting my day that way. And I did it for yeah. like a month. And then like, I, I, I'm just dumbfounded that something so simple and enjoyable was not a priority for me. So mm -hmm. how do you encourage people to say like, this is sort of like, give it this amount of time. I, I don't know. It just... I'm just amazed that something as positive as that you're, what you're suggesting can be so challenging for so many people. Well, and I think it is, it takes time to see the results. Um, I think using self-hypnosis, you can see the results a little bit quicker. What I encourage people to do is if they're dealing with a certain anger like, or certain issue like anger or patience, that they work with it for a few days until you kind of stop thinking about it. You, you're, you just sort of shift without it being a big deal. Um, if you're working on a boundary issue with someone, all of a sudden you just have that boundary. You don't care anymore about some of the things you cared about. It's, it's um, healing happens really very subtly, but profoundly. And sometimes it happens in one session and sometimes you need to do it for a little while. It really depends upon how big the issue is in your life and how ingrained and embedded it is in your brain. Um, our brains also, our brain's prime directive is safety. It's not happiness, it's not fulfillment, it's not a good job, it's not being loved, it is safety. So I think a lot of times we self-sabotage ourselves because it doesn't feel safe. We're gonna sit quietly with our eyes closed and there's all this other stuff going on around us, it's kind of, it doesn't feel safe. So it's that convincing the body that this is a, a pleasant, convenient, nice space to be in. And it doesn't take that long. It truly doesn't. And how I would suggest people get started is to go to the website. And I have a few meditations uh, recorded that you can just listen to. And it has the four stages in a row. And, and just see if you resonate with the practice and what I'm suggesting that you do. Uh, one is for patience, one's for guilt, one's for negative thinking. I think there's a few others. And if it resonates with you, um, the book tells you step by step how to do the process, how to incorporate it in your life. 
uh, the best way to set up a practice. And, and also it helps you make a plan, uh, what your plan is. And in the back, it has rise for surgery, rise for patients, rise for sleep, uh, a few things like that, just to springboard you and give people ideas on how to get started to do this for themselves. And then they might want to tweak something here or there. Very smart. I love it. Nice job with that. So Thank you. the book is relatively new, published in 2022, <laughs> correct? Yes. Yes. Came out in March. Well, congratulations on that. And I, I know it's you know only been a few months, but is there any example, Mary, that you can share where it's either made a big difference for you, and I'm sure you know, there's probably a lot, but you know, either you or your business, you know, the fact that you are now this you know, published book author? It has. Um, just having the title author gives you a status um, that I didn't realize. It's like, it's another label to put on there. Now I'm a teacher, I'm a creator of a method, and I'm an author. And it does open some doors. And the other advantage that it's done is that in the class, a lot of times the workshop is three hours where I teach rise, but there's a lot packed into three hours. So people can take this home and, you know, now what was she saying about that? What was that other way you can do suggest? And what did she mean by that? And then they can go back and look it up in the book. And it's just going to reinforce the practice that I'm trying to spread. What about ways you're using the book? Um, anything that mm. you've done since you've published it uh, to really get it out there or to get it in front of your targeted reader? Um, well, I've been to several festivals and I always bring it to the workshop, but what I also love to do is just leave it places. Um, I was at a brewery the other night that was pretty crowded and there were a lot of people and there were different books and magazines around and I just slipped it in there with the rest of them. Um, if anyone else also asks me about what I do and shows a lot of interest, I always, you know, offer a book to them. Um, but I think it's, it's also, um, a great visual. I, I like the cover of my book. It has the logo on it. It's very direct. And I, I hope people just set it on their nightstand and it reminds them, okay, let, let's do my rise. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you are not as concerned about, quote, making money by selling the book a couple bucks here and there when you sell it. I mean, you're happy to get this out there uh, as much as you can. Well, that's my main job is to get it out there. Mm -hmm. I would love to sell a lot of books because that means I'm getting the practice out there. Mm -hmm. So they kind of are going to feed each other. But my hope is that the book will help feed the workshop and the workshop will help feed the book and that they'll work in unison together Absolutely. that way because, Absolutely. you know, again, the more I have of one, I'm going to have more of the other. Well, what I meant by selling is, and again, we work with business owners who are authors and I always, mm -hmm. I always encourage them. Don't think when I say selling, like, don't worry about always, you know, selling this for $10 and you're not going to give it to someone unless they have the $10 bill type of thing. And, and think more about, matter of fact, I wrote a book called the magic of free books. I mean, how can I get my book out there? in as many places where my targeted reader might be. And, and one idea that you might want to consider, and I've done this with some clients, and it's kind of what your idea with the brewery is, you know, you, you see these little displays even behind me is, you know, find other like-minded business owners in your community, the health food store, you know, people that who would be interested in, in this concept of self-hypnosis and meditation and just have a little display where they can grab a copy for free. 
Um, and that's it's a very powerful way. And, wh and whether or not you want to put the books there or maybe just a little postcard that they can take and then you know contact you afterwards. But getting it out there in your community where like-minded, uh, well, in your case, anybody could benefit from it, but you know, where are people who are more in tune with this, with you know, health food store, yoga studios, stuff like that, so. Thank you, no, I think that's a great idea. No, and especially because I teach a lot in yoga studios, so that would be a great place to go around and. Yeah, and just let people take, you know, and again, for the couple dollars it costs you to give it out there, yeah. you just want to spread the word. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so. So since it's so fresh, now you self-published this, correct? Yes, I did. Okay. And, and nice job with that. Is there anything, Mary, that you learned from day one when the idea came to you to today um, that it was either a mistake you'd want to warn someone else about or something that you wouldn't do the next time you publish a book, you know, a speed bump that you encountered? Well, I did a lot of research on who to publish it through. Um and I was amazed at the variety of offers and prices. It is, I mean, it is huge. And what they offer and how they want to publish you. Um, so that I'm really glad I took my time and I interviewed, I think, 10 different publishing companies um, to make sure that I got it at a rate that I could afford it. Because again, I knew it wasn't, bookstores weren't necessarily going to pick this up. It was going to be more through the workshop. And as you said, um, as a marketing tool. So I would suggest just really interviewing everybody and as many people as you can to pick what's right for you. If I was looking for a company that would publish and get me into bookstores, I would have picked a different company and paid a little bit more for it. But um, this gave me everything I want, and they did help me a lot through the process. But I also didn't need all the marketing that a lot of them want to sell you. Just out of curiosity, do you see a, a second book in the future? I Yes, definitely. Definitely. Be I, I'm getting a back a lot of um, feedback from people, and I'd like to put more personal stories out there. I think a lot of people are afraid of change. And they're afraid of shifting. And it's kind of that the devil you know is better than the one that you don't. They'd rather stay with that that devil and that habit or that imprint that they know than shift to something that maybe will make them happier or where that's not so burdensome. And so, and it's because it's scary. It, it is really scary to think, okay, I, I, I'm going to change this. I'm going to let go of this thing I've been doing for 30 or 40 years. So I want people to know that it's not scary, that it's really freedom and it's really liberating and it's really giving yourself choice. And, you know, who doesn't want more choice and more freedom? So, Amen to that, for sure. I'd love to get your insight on this question. So, again, because you help people sort of, well, not sort of, but, you know, work on themselves and get over things. And a lot of folks never write that first book. And or they start writing it, but just never, you know, pull the trigger and get it out there into the world. Therefore, it's not helping people. What words of encouragement, Mary, would you give that person who's either, you know, hasn't written it, they don't, they don't think they're smart enough, but good enough writer, all that stuff, or they've just, it's, it's been delayed. What words of encouragement would you give that person? Gosh, I would, I thought that all those same things too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I would suggest and what helped me was writing an outline 
because I think oftentimes we may have a beginning and a middle, but not an end, or we have an end, but not a beginning and a middle. Um, so I think the outline really helped me. And once I knew the format of the book, then it became much easier to write because I knew in each section the information that I needed to get out there. So for me, it was really having a good outline and knowing the beginning, the middle, and the end before I sat down to you know really put the words together. Yeah, and it, it is a critical first step in my opinion. It's, it's not the first step in our process, but it's very close to the front and you need that. And yes, it might evolve, but at least it gives you that framework that you're writing to. So yes, thank you for that advice. So Mary, as we get ready to wrap up here, you're on the Author Factor podcast. And, and the reason I gave it that name is because I really do believe there's something special about being a business owner and being a book author to help others. I'd love to hear in your in your own words what it has meant so far to you to be, you know, a business owner and a book author. Well, it's allowed me freedom. It's allowed me uh, choice. And it's also makes me feel like I'm more on my path of who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. It, it um, It's a wonderful extra tool for me who is someone who is a healer and who's trying to get methods out to help people heal. Um, this is just an amazing way to get it out there. And I also feel like it's going to live on without, without me now, you know, that book is always going to be out there whether I'm around or not. And I, I like that. I like that. Even if, you know, maybe my grandchildren pick it up or my great grandchildren and it helps them through a problem they're having one day. So it, it's, um, it's a little bit of permanency. It's a little bit of legacy I'm putting out there too, which feels good. That's awesome. That's, and that's a very cool way to say it. You know, your grandkids, and they probably will be, right? That they'll, they'll be impacted Hope by so. oh, you know, Grandma wrote this. So Mary, this has been great. I really do appreciate the wisdom, the insights, and hopefully we've encouraged people not only to go grab a copy of your book, but you know, really to take this seriously and, and, and develop this skill I definitely want to read your book, so thank you. Can you share with our listeners, you know, how can, how can they learn more about you? Where can they grab your book and all that good stuff? Um, please, I am on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, but my website, risehypnoticmeditation.com, is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And there's also a series of videos. I'm starting to build the library there. So if you listen to some videos, it also talks about the four steps of RISE and why RISE works, actually what's happening, what we're doing in the process that's explained a little bit more on the website. And that's probably the best way to get a hold of it. And the book is on Amazon and um, soft cover or ebook. Well, we'll put all those links in there. Mary, thank you very much. This has been great. Thank you, Mike. And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please help me grow by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to the Author Factor Podcast. To learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.